You are listening to highlights from the Creative Process interview with Jericho Brown. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. Four day in the morning. My mother grew morning glories that spilled onto the walkway toward her porch because she was a woman with land who showed as much by giving it color. She told me I could have whatever I worked for. That means she was an American. But she'd say it was because she believed in God. I am ashamed of America and confounded by God. I thank God for my citizenship in spite of the timer set on my life to write these words. I love my mother. I love black women who plant flowers as sheepish as their sons. By the time the blooms unfurl themselves for a few hours of light, the women who tend them are already at work. Blue. I'll never know who started the lie that we are lazy, but I'd love to wake that bastard up at 40 in the morning, toss him in a truck, and drive him under God past every bus stop in America to see all those black folk waiting to go work for whatever they want. A house, a boy, to keep the lawn cut, some color in the yard. My God, we leave things green. Well, those flowers are real. I grew up with them um, in front of this area, this sort of flower bed area in front of our house um, near the porch. They were always really interesting to me. And I never know uh, where a poem is going to go when I started a poem. So I think I just started somewhere on the, on the music of thinking about, by music I mean literally that. The lines come to me and I write them down because they come to me as music might, like as sounds might, and I'm somehow attracted to those sounds. Much more attracted to those sounds than I am aware of what I'm saying. And after writing them down, I sort of become aware of what I'm saying as I'm writing. And uh, as I become aware of what I'm saying, I realize uh, I'm writing about my mom, Uh, but not just about my mom, as you mentioned, about nation, about what it means to be a son, about race, um, about the fact of vernacular. You know, I noticed this moment in a poem where uh, in a a very uh, American uh, vernacular, I write, she told me I could have whatever I worked for which is, you know, even ending the sentence on the four seems to, you know what I mean, to point toward a certain kind of American idiom of speech. And so, and then after that, um, I say that means she was an American, which sort of doubles up at that point, or triples up maybe, at that point in its meaning. So that's the kind of thing that sent me toward writing the poem. There is a, a figure in this poem I've always been interested in, and it's a literal thing that I've always seen whenever I've had to, for whatever reason, be up early in the morning at four or five, you know, in the morning, there are already people on their way to work. And it is true uh, in the cities where I've lived, when I look at, um, when I'm passing, when I'm driving and I'm passing train stops or bus stops, those people who have to, who seem to need to be at work the earliest are often black people. They're the people who, um, who are doing so many things before we get to work so that all those things are already done or have already started. 
Uh, and so I think something about all of that just came together in this poem. Uh, I wouldn't even be able to delineate it if it weren't for me going, growing up in the church. I don't know if I would think about anything the way I think about things, you know, uh, definitely in terms of the poems, uh, because I had um, a preacher whose job was every week he had to perform, you know, I didn't think of it that way at the time, but can you imagine having a show every week you got to do and you don't know if you've done well unless people are screaming? Do you know what I'm saying? And people would be screaming. So I think that was important to me because it uh, helped me place this sort of high bar on my poetry and what I wanted from my poetry in terms of uh, how it would move an audience emotionally, really how it would move me emotionally as I'm, as I'm writing it. Um, do I feel moved to shout? Do I feel moved to cry? become the questions for me. And I imagine those are, are the questions for anyone putting a sermon together. But definitely the mu the literal music also made a huge difference. The songs and the way those songs were sung and the soul with which they were, the grit and the soul with which they were sung and um, how pure, um, the, the attempt toward a kind of purity uh, when singing that so many performers gave off, you know, really trying to connect with, with spirit, with God uh, in the moment of singing which is also what I hope for from my poems. So I think there was a, there was a lot. I learned a lot about uh, form. You know, every Sunday, the program uh, at the churches where I grew up, program's the same every Sunday. You know, you know exactly what's going to happen and you know when it's going to happen. And yet every time I would go to church, no matter how much everything, the program itself was the same. I was always surprised by how those things went over. I was, the, the content changed and the way the content was delivered changed. Uh, even something as simple as announcements, you know, you sort of, because the announcements were different then the person delivering the announcements would deliver them differently. Uh, or sometimes there would be a different person delivering the announcements, right? So suddenly things are different because you hear another voice doing that thing, saying some of the same things that got repeated, right? But it's in another voice. And it was a, a wonderful way, I think, for me to begin thinking about um, form and content. How do I write a sonnet? If we know what a sonnet is, how is it that I make a sonnet a surprise every time I write one? Uh, and I think I learned all that in church. Um, yeah, I never know if religion is actually on the way. And I always feel like we're uh, you know, those of us who grew up in, in religion, if, if for some reason we stop going to church, we stop uh, observing our religion in the same way. We have this idea that religion is on the way because we're not participating in it. And yet, <laughs> you know, I think for every person that exits the church, there's something like 17 people that enter at the moment that we exit. You know what I mean? I feel like... Uh, Sometimes, I'm not sure about this, but I feel that sometimes our idea about things, about church in particular, are similar to New Yorkers' ideas about Donald Trump. Like nobody was surprised that Donald Trump became president more than people from New York, especially from New York City, right? They, they're like, where's the rest of this nation? Do, do, we have no clue. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not sure church is on the way. And as a matter of fact, I think, I think people, even if we look at the way... Uh, people choose to handle 
the pandemic and vaccination, uh, it becomes clear to me that there's still plenty of folk who are interested in using uh, God for whatever excuse um, they need uh, in order to maintain their foolishness. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or to learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.